Oh, hello everyone. I'm Brian, and you're listening to Maximum Libertarian. And um, today I'm not joined with anybody on the other side of the desk, so it's just me and you sitting here listening to the interview that Derek Maddox did with Kevin Lloyd of Five Star Vape Supply. uh, It's in Rustburg, Virginia. He's discussing the vaping industry and more. He talks about regulations. He goes in depth about when um, everyone was putting a bullseye on the vaping industry's uh, head. He goes into detail about why they shouldn't have been going after the vaping industry that it was some uh, shenanigans going on. And then he talks about the shenanigans that uh, wonderful uh, Philip Morse, you know, Marlboro, Marlboro Lights, and uh, some other great fine tobacco products produced. Uh, he goes into detail and talks about what they're doing with, uh, I think, uh, it gets real uh, strange with how they're able to control some uh, and manipulate where the small business the small vaping industry is getting shut down so uh once again i want to just uh say thank you very much to Derek maddox of the lynchburg libertarians and uh i hope you enjoy the interview hi everyone thank you for joining us this is our fourth episode of virginia's for liberty produced by the lynchburg libertarians my name is Derek maddox and with me today is kevin lloyd he is the owner of Five Star Vape Shops here in Rustburg, Virginia, and we'll be asking him some questions today. Thanks, Kevin, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. All right, so first question we wanted to ask you was, is every story has a beginning. How did yours all start with vaping? Well, it started off originally when I was back in 2013. Um, I had originally, you know, so they just found out about vaping. Um, I actually found out it was that we was originally doing um, like making jewelry and stuff like that, and we were at like we were at a uh, at a convention up in Roanoke one one year at that year actually, um, and uh, we had our tent and everything set up and we set up in Elmwood Park. Well, around that time, Al was a little smoker, um, and we were sitting there and eating at that that. And at that time, um, in Elmwood Park, you couldn't smoke. It was like, you know, you can't smoke in the park. Don't smoke in the park. Don't smoke in the park. I'm like, okay, well, that sucks. All right. So I just have to go step outside to do it. Well, lo and behold, we're sitting there, and, and we're sitting there, and we're just, me and me and my partner, we're sitting there just chatting. And um, this guy comes walking into my, into my tent with something uh, similar to this. And he's just puffing away on it. I looked over at her, and I'm like, I'm thinking, I was like, what? the hell i'm like you know this is uh we're not supposed to smoke in here why is it you know why is he doing it? i was like what is it I'm like what is it some kind of new bong or something like that? <laughs> i didn't know you know and it was just a total you know a total new conception to me um so the guy came up he, he looked up at me he's like don't worry about it don't worry about it it's just vapor that's a vape i was like yeah 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 what do you mean, like a, that? Like you know, like a blue, you know, like you know, the, you know uh, electronic thing. He's like, yes. He's like, yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, now I thought it was some kind of new bong or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, so we got to chat with him a little bit about it, and he explained about how well it worked for him. And then his fiance come up, and we got to chat with her too. 
And um, she was telling us the same thing about it. She was like, yeah, it worked so great. You know, she, of course, said she fell off of it a little bit because, you know, she went back. But, you know, he stayed with it, and it was working great for him. You know, and I've been, 25 years, I've been smoking, you know, in a, up to like two packs a day. And I'd come to the point of, you know, down to the point of accepting that I was going to mind probably dying from lung cancer because I was smoking, and I couldn't quit. I tried many, many times to quit. Um, you know, it being from nicotine patches to gums to just cold turkey, and none of it worked. I mean, I it would I could almost get there, but then all it took was just one setback, and I was right back at it twice as hard as it was when I first started. Not before I you now tried to quit. Um, Tough stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, uh, I was like, well, you know, I thought about it for a little bit. I said, like, you know what, this might actually work for me. And um, I gave, I gave it a few weeks. We came, you know, after the convention was over with, we come back home and I'm sitting there on the computer and, you know, I'm about to order more supplies and make more jewelry and stuff with. And, um, and I got thinking, I was like, you know what, I said, I'm kind of curious to see just how, you know, how, how expensive things really are. Yeah. Um, so I got to look at doing a lot of research and looking at things, and I was finding, you know, just little pins. I mean, just cheap pins. They were like 40 and 50 bucks. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I was like, but in hindsight, you know, cost versus, you know, actually being able to quit these things, it's really, you know, really minute. Um, so um, I got to look more into it, and I found out there were things that were a lot bigger than that. Everybody says, oh, well, start off with the smallest thing. Try it and see if you like it. That's why you don't have a, a big investment if you don't. I was like, well, I pretty much made up my mind. I'm like, you know, this is going to be my last shot. So, right. you know, I'm going to give this a try and put everything into it I can. So I was like, well, let me see what, the, what is the best one on the market at the time. So I did, looked, and I found it. And it wound up costing me over $200. But... <laughs> You know, by the time I bought all the parts and everything else to go with it and the liquids and all that stuff, you know, it, you know, it was pretty expensive. But I was like, well, this is, and the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, you know, is this really going to work for me? What am I going to do if I don't like this? I'm like, you know, that's a lot of money to spend on something that's not going to work for me. That may not work, you know. Yeah. And I've been a hardcore smoker. I'm like, you know, not going to happen. Nothing really changed. Nothing really helped it. A couple weeks. I went in and put the order in. A couple weeks later. Got my first, got my device in, got everything set up, put it all together, and it was like, wow, night and day, first day, a two pack a day smoker went down to three, three individuals, three cigarettes, yes, per day, per day, wow. And by the end of the week, I was down to two. The following week, I think I had one, and after that, I was done. That's I had amazing. just threw it down. I'm like. This is a lifesaver. I mean, this, I, I can't believe I could actually, actually quit. I'm like, you know, I, I'd accept, like I said, I accepted the fact that I was going to die from lung cancer from smoking. I knew, it was like, you know, that I couldn't get off of it. Right. Nothing could get me over the hump to get me away from it. And that include like patches and other alternatives? Yeah, I mean, right? you go to big farmers, you know, uh, you know their, their quit methods that didn't work. Um, you know, we all know it don't work. I mean, for some, yeah, I mean, but, and you think about it, versus vaping, versus using Chantex, 
I've never heard anybody try to murder somebody over using a vape. Right. Chantex, I mean, you look in the, you look, look at all of the, you know, side effects. You've got, you know, you know, depression, anxiety. You've got um, also like suicidal, homicidal thoughts. Never got that from the vape. So, um, so anyway, going on with it, I was like, you know, this has got, this is a great product. I said, I'm gonna give it a little while. And see how it does, you know. See if it actually works, you know. If it's just a placebo effect. Um, a couple months goes by, and it's like I don't really even have the urge for a cancer stick anymore. I don't want them. Um, in two weeks. In two weeks, I had completely quit. And about the course of a couple of months, you know, just stepping away from it. It was when you're dealing with trying to get away from like smoking and shit like that you, it, not only you have the physical dependence but you also have the psychological as well um, when dealing with that you know it's like your security blanket you take it with you, take it with you everywhere mm-hmm. you go some people have certain things they'll carry tools or they'll carry a pocket blade or they'll carry something along with them not necessarily that you're going to need it but it's just there for your like a security blanket so right. to speak you know and the you know, cancer sticks myself was my security blanket. Every morning I get up, put my shirt on, throw my cancer sticks, my light in my pocket, and yep. the door. And I'm like, all right, good to go. So it took me a little while of trying to break myself of that, even though I wasn't even using them, but just being able not having that little security blanket with me, you know, to get away from it. So after a few months, I was completely done. I didn't need them anymore. I didn't carry them anymore with me anymore. Hell, I even gave the rest of the packs I had to. You know, friends or whatever, I would have thrown them in the trash, but I'm like, you know, I'm paid, you know, hell, I had like half a carton left. I'm like, I'm not going to waste the money on them, you know. Right. So I was like, well, at least somebody will get used to it of them. Um, and then as it went on, I'm like, you know, this is a great product. This is a great product. This is a great product. I need, this needs to come right. This needs to be local, you know, and this needs to be brought to my community. Um, and it finally hit me one day. When the batteries went dead in my mod, and I'm standing here like, oh shit, I have nothing. I don't have a, I don't have my vape. You know, it's dead. I gotta wait for it to charge. I'm tired of just waiting, have to wait, you know, four to six hours for it to charge back up, and I can actually use it again. Right. So I was like, well, I'm gonna get me a set of batteries. And the time I was living then, you know, then inspired spring. So well, you know, we got a Radio Shack at the time. We had one. Hit down the Radio Shack. I have batteries for it. Oh really? No, you know. Get down there? I don't know. We don't have them. What do you mean don't have them? This is Radio Shack. You're supposed to have a little bit of everything. You know? Right. Even the stuff that nobody else carries. Um, I said, no, we don't have them. You can check Walmart. Walmart, really? Okay. I shot over there. went to the camera department. They didn't have them either. Batteries, whatever. They didn't have none of that stuff. I'm like, great. Okay. So, something needs to happen here. Shop needs come come down and I put. So, I decided that day I was like, you know what, this would be a good idea. At the time, I had a close friend of mine that I had actually grown up with, um, you know, and I hadn't seen him in years. Finally, come back and come back around. I caught back up with him. I'd lost track of you know, I didn't have a number to him. I had no way of getting contact with anything else. And he shows back with what I was working on with Abel. Um, and I'm like, whoa. So we get back together and hanging out and everything else. And I start you know, chatting with him about it. And he's like, that's funny. He's like, I was thinking about doing the same thing. Hmm. Okay, this would be a good opportunity here. 
I said, I'll tell you what. Right. I says, you know what? You want to do this together? Try together? You know, work some, you know, push come shove, you know. We, at least we try it, you know. Right. So, um, we started at my first shop, which was known as Vaping Stop. Um, that was the message there on the, in the name, there was a message in the name. And that was Vape and Stop Smoking. Oh, okay. You know. Um, but it also had a few other things as well. It's like your vape stop, you know. Right. You know, stop like quickie stop. stop. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it was easy to remember. That lasted about a month. And then, you know, you got to really learn who to pick your partners with. Yeah, I agree. Um, it lasted about a month. And then he started to try to take executive steps in which she had no authority to do so. Um... You know, I put up money and everything for the shop. I put up all the financial stuff for the shop. What he done, tried to take over and then leave with it. Mm. And I said, I could shut it down. And, you know, that really hurt me in the matter because not only, it's not just, it's never really been about the business. I mean, the, the irony here is that, you know, it's not really about the business, but I do need the business to stay here to help everybody else. And I was thinking about all the people that had become dependent upon us. Right. Now I had to close up and walk away because I've got this guy trying to screw me over mm. and take everything. Um, <clears throat> so I sat on it for a little while. I gave it a couple months. And after that, you know, I found another spot, which is over where the old Civil War souvenir shop used to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. I sat up there. I found the building. I was like, oh, wow, okay, it's open. I had to open it. I'm gonna do this again. I says I'm not going to get. You know, I'm not gonna be pushed down. You know, and be run out. No, it's not gonna happen. So I started up again. Five star vape spot was born. Okay. You know, and from there I've been. You know, on been on this since that was 2014. Yeah, it was 2014, um, October to be exact. And um, I've been running on from there ever since. And you know. It, I've had a lot of struggles. I've had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um, you know, mostly, you know, right now in this time, especially what, you know, some may not understand, but us in the vapor industry refers to as the 9-11 of vaping, yeah. which was of last year um, when our dictator um, <laughs> yeah. uh, announced that he was having flavor bans and all these vapor-related illnesses um, were occurring, um, which had nothing to do with this industry. It was all about, you know, anything. It was all about the unregulated or the, you know, basically the street corner vendors that people are buying these THC tarts from, tanks from, that were using subpar ingredients. And they're using them, cause them with, like I said, they were cutting the stuff with vitamin E acetate. Now, vitamin E acetate is actually vaporized and inhaled. When it reintroduces and when it actually cools down, it turns into a fatty substance. Mm. And what it does, it, and it basically gets in your lungs like that, and it causes these problems, and you can't Jeez. breathe. Um, there are also reports of some of the uh, THC, uh, I guess, ways they were extracting THC, had some, uh, had, where you used, had pesticides used on them and they weren't properly extracted. The THC wasn't properly extracted from the plant. 
Um, so the pesticides got into the actual THC and when it was cut and used and vaporized it turned into hydrogen cyanide. Um, you know and then we have that and we had to battle with that. Now we have, we're starting to get things were starting to get a little bit clearer. Now we're having the problem now of the COVID-19. Um, you have, you know, people are not coming out as much. Um, you know, it's not as, it's not as, I guess, you know, have as many, much business or, wall or foot traffic as it used to. Um, you know, so, you know, that, that's, that's hurting, I think, everybody around here right now. How much have you seen reducing foot traffic coming into your store since this occurred? Combination of the 9-11 and then, then COVID-19, I probably had about a 70% drop in foot traffic. Jeez. Um, you know, and it's getting hard to actually be able to even get supplies in right now because China is basically shut down. Right. You have, you know, the warehouses shut down. There's no, but no shipping going out of China. Um, they're saying it can be as late as April before they start shipping again, which is going to put, you know, not just us in the vapor industry, but everybody else. I mean, hell, this country runs on, is it 95%? I guess it was 95, 98% imports, and most of that is from China. So, you know, anything and everything we actually have in this, in our country, is going to be shut back and it's going to be put back for a while and we're going to be running short on some things. It's going to take a long time to recover from this yes. as well. You know, jeez. Well, um, I want to ask you, we're actually in your shop today, um, and you and I discussed this a little bit, but I wanted you to ask, uh, tell people, what types of services do vape shops provide that you simply cannot receive elsewhere, like Walmart or the gas station down the road? Well, first and foremost, you walk to the gas station and you walk in there with your mod in your tank and you ask them how to fill it, they ain't going to tell you. Um, or you say, oh, my mod suddenly quit working. My vape stopped working on me. I, I don't know what's wrong with it. Can you help me? Oh, here, buy another one. Which is expensive. Exactly. You know, or, uh, you know they're not going to sit there and try. They have no customer service. It's just right. or either, well, you broke it, oh well, well, buy another one, too bad. You know, vape shops are here to also educate. You know, we come here, we're, now our, our main purpose, you know, is here to educate the, the you know, the populace, right. you know, in our community. We're here to, you know, to explain as to why, the, you know, what benefits, you know, vaping has versus smoking, you know. Right. You have, we're here to help that customer who just started vaping and didn't know, doesn't know anything about it. It's like I was. Man, I was a, I was a lot to take in from Jump Street, especially not knowing anything about it. Oh, I can imagine. Um, you know, and helping them try to select something that's going to be right for them. Also, you know, giving them pointers and safety and knowledge and the safe use of these devices. Because, I mean, let's, let's face it. Sure, you know, they are relatively safe. But like anything in this world, period, misuse can cause some has some dramatic effects on you. Like the batteries, also. Yeah, yeah. yeah like you've seen these explosions and stuff like that, or these batteries venting, or a mod exploding, or anything like that. You know, it comes. I can almost guarantee you, ninety-five percent of that was from the shop they bought it from, or them buying it off the internet, or at the gas station, or wherever they got it from. 
didn't sit down and explain to them how to properly use it and what what to do and what not to do should this happen. I've had, you know, it, it's, it's, it's beyond me even to these days now. After all the stuff that's going on, after all of us, we've preached battery safety and, you know, and knowledge and, and, you know, try to and be careful with these things. You know, specifically one big don't, and that was like to have, I don't have one with me right now. Actually, I do. Have a mod like this. Um, this mod makes removable batteries. You, this mod also has a USB port. Okay. Convenient. All right, not so convenient. Oh, these are mostly these USB ports are mostly designed for updates and things of that nature. Okay. People are using these, and there are some shops are telling people that oh, you can just plug it in and charge it that way. No, um, these devices do not have a uh, actual what's known as a balance charger. What that does is it actually it reads the cells individually instead of as a pack. The way it sits now, to plug this in and try to charge it, it's reading it as a pack. So voltage, the power has to go through one battery and into the other one to charge it up. And then I guess it back feeds into the other one, creating the whole pack as fully charged. Okay. Whereas if you have a regular charger that reads it or a mod that has, let's say, a balanced charge option on it, right. it will read each one of these cells as an individual cell. And charge it individually instead of together. Right. Um, a lot of problems from that can, can relate from them from using a as using one with or trying to charge a mod like this that doesn't have a balanced charger and or just trying to charge the batteries internally um, can result in either a overheating of the mod, which can cause it cause a fire, um, cause damage to the mod. <coughs> you can also have cause the batteries to either get imbalanced, in other words, one will have more charge than the other one is, and in these devices, you don't want that. Um, that can damage the device. It can also cause it to have, you know, some serious problems as well. Or you leaving it charging overnight, and it has, it does not stop charging, and continues to charge, and overcharges, and it blows up on your nightstand. Oh, so, you know, we say, do not charge these things internally. Now, okay, granted, if you got a mod like this, okay, this is an internal battery mod. This is designed to be plugged up and charged via USB. But the regular consumer would know, know the this. difference. No. And that explains why people like yourself and your business are essential to the, the community. Right. And, it's not only, and it's just not only that. You know, uh, I had another thing, too. I had another dilemma when I first started. And it's a common dilemma I get ready to deal with all the time. What flavor do I start off with? What milligram strength do I need? You know, right. how does this device, you know, or even, like I said, properly picking the device. Hell, when I first started this, it was like, you know, I was just trying to tell, you know, go with the way I smoked. Okay. And there was, I didn't know there was a couple of different ways to do it. Some people pull, uh, pull the smoke into the cheeks like I did and then inhale it. Some pull direct hits, it was like directly into your lungs. Huh. Um, you know, and I didn't know that, you know, when I first started into this, I just only knew the one way. I later on started asking questions to people. I'm like, they keep coming back to me, well, my coals are burning out, or, or my tank is leaking, or or I just don't know what's going on. I can't get it right, or it's hitting too hard. I'm like, how is it hitting too hard? You smoked more than I did, and it's too much for you? Something's not right here. I'm like, stop. And I say, I had a moment. I was like, okay, how are you smoking? That's a question I got to ask for you. 
because the way I did it was I used to pull it into my cheeks and inhale it and then exhale it. Alright? And the other devices at the time we had were designed just for that. Or it's also known as MTL, you know. Um, what does that stand for? Maltalone. Oh, okay. Um, and that was like the ego pins and all that stuff. That's specifically what it was designed for. Okay. Um, you know, so you have somebody, people that are doing, taking long hits with it, and I'm setting them up with something that was like a 24 milligram, you know, whereas they were normally only really, if they're taking long hits off it, it would only really need it like a 12. Oh. You know, yeah, that's that okay. created a problem. Um, so I started learning about it, and I started asking questions about it. I was like, well, how do you hit it? And it's like, well, I'll take it into lungs. I'll take it directly into lungs. I'm like, I don't smoke that way. I never smoked that way. I, I don't vape that it. way, yeah. you know? Um, so I started readjusting things. I'm like, okay, here's your problem. This is why it's leaking. You know, these, these devices are designed to be done used a certain way. And if you're using them incorrectly, then you're going to have issues. And this is another reason why we're here. It's to tell people, you know, look, you know, this is what you're doing wrong. This is how you need to fix it. Or, hey, let's set you up with something that's more suited to your desire and the way you, the way you smoke or the way you vape. Right. You know, um, and like I said, of course, like I said, with nicotine strength, it's always a big question. Well, how, well, how much do I need to get start off with or, or what flavor do I? I'm like, well, you know, the flavors are endless. You know, the, it's an endless world of possibilities. If you can think of it, most of the time you can find it in the vapor. Um, now, is that true today, though? Uh, for the most part, yeah. For the most part, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of companies that, that, well, I mean, that is actually more true now these days. You know, with the exception of something, you know, within reason at least, you know, I doubt there's going to be a company that's going to put in a dill pickle or pizza <laughs> flavor or chicken <laughs> wing or something like that, you know. Believe me, I've had, the, I've had this question asked, hey, man, can you make this for me? Um, oh, wow. Um, and I'm telling you what, bacon tastes horrible in the vape. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember a few years ago, Jones Soda come out with some ridiculous flavors like turkey and Brussels yeah. sprouts. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would be similar. Yeah, pretty much. I actually tried some of those, and I was like, okay, this is weird. Okay, I'm not trying something weird today. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was having the same thought process. Well, see, also what you mentioned, too, is, is a lot of people, they might try it the first time, and they might, man, this is too strong or something's not right. Right. Uh you know, if you go by the convenience store and you buy that, you might be that one attempt to try something different than tobacco. Right. And you might like, heck, I'm going to forget it now. Exactly. It didn't work out. But with your expertise, you can help people and coach them through right. proper ways. And that's, that's why we're here. It's like, yeah. so, you know, if something doesn't work, don't just give up on it. I mean, you know, I was one of those too. Right. You know, you know but knowing what I know now with it, I, I know... Anybody can actually quit with this. It does take, I'd say it takes, it's about 20% mental. The rest is the device you're using and your setup. You know, um, yeah, like I said, as I spoke earlier about, you know, the mental blanket or that, you yeah. know, that little, you know, security blanket you have with you. You know, that having doing something repetitively, routinely, every day for so many years and so, many, so much, you know, so long in your life. You know, to have a sudden big change like that, it, it can be pretty dramatic. Oh, sure. Um, especially if you don't try to do all at once. Right. Now, I generally, you know, try to, you know, tell my customers or, you know, advise my customers. They're like, okay, here's how I've done it. This is how, you know, it can help you. You know, and if it takes you a little bit longer, 
to fully can do it and fully quit smoking and convert over, then so be it. But don't stay on it for too long because then you just added, you just added basically a smoking accessory. Oh, I see. Um, you know. I don't know if you've heard you followed vaping much or anything like that. I know just a little bit about it. Well, there's also, we have we have people that have actually quit vaping. We have people that couldn't quit vaping. They also have these things called dual, dual users. Mm-hmm. A dual user is someone who really couldn't exactly quit smoking or, or couldn't really give up the security blanket, so to speak. Uh, you know, I, hopefully I ain't offending somebody, but it is, this is just how I see it. You know, it's like you couldn't really give up this fully give up the security blanket, so you keep them around. You know, and they still smoke and they'll still vape. You know, it's like you can't decide on which one you want to do. You know, and that's mental mostly, yeah, right? It's mental. Yeah. It's not really, it's not really a physical dependency. It's more of a mental thing. You know, um, but that is reducing their tobacco. It is reducing yeah. the use. Yes, yes, that is great. But you know, the reality of it here is, is that my whole purpose and my reason here is actually get people to quit smoking. Right. Um, I lost my grandpa back in '86 lung cancer. Mm. Um, granted, he never smoked a day in his life, but he did work in the biofuels, fields, spraying DDTs and all these other toxins and everything else that caused. And you know, ultimately cause its demise. Um, it was really weird too because I, I, I remember what happened. I remember it. Um, even I was pretty young then too. I was really young actually. You know, he had developed this cough and he couldn't breathe really well. You know, and he was just like coughing, coughing, coughing. Couldn't catch his breath. He thought he had a cold. So he went down to uh, the local doctor over here in Brooklyn. Doc told him, says, well, yeah, you got pneumonia. Just need going back home, get some rest and it'll clear on up. Now keep in mind it's the 80s so, you know, Medicine was good, but it hadn't really evolved very far, right. you know, back then. Um, about a week or two went by, and it hadn't cleared up. It just gotten worse and worse. So we finally wound up taking him back up to him, and he says, "Y'all, well, it isn't clearing up. We don't know why." They sent him to Lynchburg. I think it was up to the Baptist, and had him looked over. Couldn't find out it was lung cancer. Oh man. Um, he fought with that for probably about a year before he died. Um, and to see the kind of change that you take a strong man such as my grandpa was and bring him down to probably like the most weakest individual you could ever think of, it's pretty rough. You know, it started in his lungs and then it went through, I think it got into his head. And he went from a 60-some-year-old man to a five-year-old. Oh, mentally? Mentally, yeah, yes. Cause of, oh, man. Um, you know, then on top of towards the end, just sitting there watching somebody gasping and coughing for every breath they're taking, drowning in their own fluids, it's not really a fun thing to do. So, you know, it's kind of been my driving force behind this. And, it's not, and he's not the only one. I had another, my my dad's dad, he died back in, before my mom's dad, when he died of lung cancer. However, um, later, some later years later on, my grandma, on my dad's side, had met another man. And he was, best thing is life's bread. He pretty much just like my grandpa, you know. And, of course, he was a smoker. He was also a World War II vet. 
you know, and he'd done it, you know, and he'd been smoking for a long time. He got emphysema. Um, you know, that, and I had adopted him and accepted him as like my second grandpa, you know, and uh, he was getting times you'd sit him on, see him sitting on the table, he's just, he's just sitting shaking together, he's, the nerves and everything else was tore up, you know, and he'd sit there with, basically with a breathing machine on all the time and just weak and couldn't move and couldn't really do anything. Um, we're around about December 13th. Oh, I think it was like 92, 93. I got a call my grandpa, my grandma, my grandma, saying he died in the hospital in the front yard. Oh, man. And he died in the rescue squad in the front yard. In the front yard, jeez. Um, so, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been kind of pretty much on that one to try to get everybody over. Because I, I don't want to see, you know, have to see, make families and loved ones have to see their right. loved ones go through that. You know, and deal with all that. It's it's really hard. So this is it's like you said. This isn't just a, a way of making an income for yourself, but this is a personal something you strongly feel personally about. You're saving people, exactly. And this is this is something I think I, I admire that. All right. Well, that's um. Some people are making. Now we talked a little bit about that. Some people are making the claim that certain flavor vaping products are targeting minors and encouraging. That uh, under legal age individuals to begin using said products. Uh, in response, FDA has imposed regulations on the vaping industry, which control what types of flavors can be produced. Is that true? Uh, no, basically, it's not even the flavors that are trying to be produced. They're trying okay. to can basically shut the whole thing down. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, Big Farm doesn't like competition. Right. You know. Um, you know, and far as the the claims that you know certain flavors are attracting youngsters, I, I would call I'll call it half bullshit. Okay. Um, here's the re here's the reason why. Apparently, don't you like cookies? No, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Like candies? Absolutely. So adults don't like flavors. Of course we do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you know, and that's even said even loudly more uh, even louder. You walk to the liquor store. Look in the liquor store and see what you got in there. You got all kinds of flavors. You got you know blue raspberry, grape, pineapple, peach, everything you can think yep. of, and all Whipped kinds cream. of liquors. But yet, adults don't like flavors. You know, you have, you know, yes, there are some. I will, I will give you know some credit to that. There's very little bit of credit to that. But yes, some miners. Do will like do like flavors as well. I mean, most of them. I can tell you now that most of them started off with like Jewel and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Now nowadays, um, you know, and Jewel itself is part of Philip Morris, and I will do not and will not support. Um, they're also using these fifty milligram pot systems. So they can slim devices they can hide from the teachers or the folks or whatever else. Kind of hard to hide something like that. Right? Yeah, really hard to hide something yeah. like this. You know. Um, you know, just to get away with vaping in class. And most of the time, you know, it was either, the, and even the numbers they're putting up are drastically bloated. You haven't been broke, they haven't been broke down into actual groups of, you know, how many actually used, just use one, you know, try it, try it once. How many actually have used one more than three days? How many have used one for actually more than 30 days? How many have actually used one for more than a year? 
you'll find that those numbers that are actually they're presenting to you are all calculated into those that have been used from just trying one to or using constantly. Um, so you know it's just compiled in, into one. Let's make it look as worse as we possibly right. can. You know. Um, but yes, I mean some of them. Yeah, some will try it. They, they're yes, they are maybe have be mildly attracted to some of the flavors. Let's try it. I mean hell, I honestly, you know, I hope this doesn't go out of take out of context. But given the choice between in a minor trying a cancer stick or trying a vape for the first time, I think I'd much rather see him try to use a vape. I wouldn't. I don't condone it. But you know, when leave we live in a in the real world, in the reality we live in, yeah, it's a much safer alternative. Um, but, you know, when you're popping these jewel pods that are running 50 milligrams, yeah, you're gonna, they're going to get hooked on it. And it's not something, it, it needs to go. We don't need jewel. We, done, we didn't need jewel from the start with. That's also been a problem with us as well. Um, a lot of this stuff has come out and has been, you know, directed at us was actually more or less problems brought on by jewel itself. Or Philip Morris. Let's just put it. Let's lay it away. Sorry, it's what it is, right? Yeah. Um, Philip Morris has been, you know, a problem. Has been a thorn in society's ass for the past sixty years, anyway, or fifty, or whatever. I mean, I, I'm not too exact on the numbers, but we get the point. Right. Um, you know, so they couldn't win in this. They they tried. They tried fighting against us. They tried to. You know, send coupons and, 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 and persuade their smokers and their customers to stay with them and stay smoking. And when they start moving over to us, they start losing those numbers. They start losing that money. They start losing those customers. So what is the best, best thing to do? Oh, well, you can't beat them. Join Joined them. So they joined us. And then they made us look like shit. You know... How so exactly? Just by the I numbers mean, like you talked about. Or? Basically, I mean you've got you've got that. Then you have you know when we're standing here on one side, let's say trying to tell people we're standing here screaming at people. We are not big bugger. We are not big bugger. You know we have nothing to do with them. Right. There's nothing to do with smoking except quitting. That's about it. Um, and then you have Philip Morris comes into the group. Or you have a, a vape company, because Jewel actually was owned by Pax Labs. Pax Labs was actually a maker of the Pax uh, weed vape, of the dry weed vaporizer, okay. um, years ago. They created the whole salt and neck thing and bought that on. Now, they were okay for a little while, and then they decided to sell about 40 to 50% of their stock to Philip Morris. Um, so it then came to the game for that. Oh, okay. You know... Okay, so we're standing here saying that we are not Big Buck, we are not selling to Big Buck, but then you have companies like Jewel that sells that, and it's like, oh, well, you're no different. Oh, yeah, let's go even farther. Avail. Avail, one of the biggest retailers, big retailers in the country. Yep, here in a matter of time. They're, uh, they're owned by, part, they have partial ownership of Philip Morris as well. <laughs> Jeez. They're partially owned by Philip Morris as well. And I'm like, you know, how does that look towards us? And we're standing here, we're not big back. We're not trying to appeal to these miners. We're not trying to do the things, we're not doing the things that Big Bach was doing, or Philip Morris, or R.J. Reynolds, or Laurel, or whoever else, you know. Right. We're not doing these things. You know, we are here, we're happy that we actually found something that works for us. As adults, we can actually quit something that was going to put us in our grave. Yeah. You know, and on top of it, it smells good, tastes good, we enjoy it. People around us don't mind it. I mean, hell, how many times you walked past... 
you walk past somebody smoking a Kansas stick, it's like, oh man, that smells so good. <laughs> Not often. Exactly. Well, I think your shop smells really good. I mean, oh, you. you know, I don't smoke or anything, but when I walk in, I'm like, you know, uh, this is very pleasant. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's not offensive. Right. And, you know, I get that all the time. You know, and I get it quite often. It's like, you know, especially in the earlier year, earlier years before the government got involved with all this and screwed everything up with it. You know, with all the lies and all the stuff that, you know, we'll get into in, in a little bit. Right. But, you know, in the early years especially, you know, you walk around, hitting in your vape, you know, putting off a little cloud or whatnot. Somebody's right beside you. Damn, what is that? What is that? What do you, what do you got? Yeah. You know, that smells so good as compared to when I was a smoker. Oh, get that shit away from me. Oh, it stinks. Oh, yeah. <coughs> <coughs> the fake coughing and all that shit. Oh, you killing me. <coughs> you know, I could be, uh, I remember this one time we were sitting up, uh, it was actually when I was a smoker. I had set up at like a yard sale. Um, it was a, up here local, in a local area. I'm not going to really point anybody's names or anything out on it. Um, but we'd set up there, and we were selling our jewelry and you know a few other odds and ends as well. Like I said, this is what I did before I actually owned a vape shop. So it's like, you know, I was aspiring. I wanted to be something. I wanted to have my own company. I didn't want to be, you know, working for somebody else for the rest of my life. Granted, it was a good thing to do to get me get me where I needed to be, but, you know, it's not was not what I wanted to be. You want to be an entrepreneur. Right. And I want to do, work, do my own thing and work for myself, you know. And take the risk that went along with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being ready of the risks and gains and all the rest of the stuff. So anyway, I was going, I started making jewelry and stuff like that, handmade jewelry and all that. You know, and we'd set up at this one place in Lynchburg. And um, I guess we were good, I don't know, probably block away, split apart. I was on, we were on one end. And there was another vendor that was all on the other end. Okay. Nobody said anything, but couldn't smoke. Right. All right. Tried to be respectful. I went from under my tent. I walked out into the grass and just kind of had me all had him smoke. This woman comes walking. Hey, you were kidding me. <laughs> you know, with all this. I'm like, how the hell did you even bother you? You're basically a block away from me, you know. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, but still... But as going from having, hearing that and that shit all the time, I mean, I, I used to get it all the time, to somebody saying, oh, well, that's, what is that? That's yeah. so good. You know, that's really, you know, uplifting to somebody. Sure. You know, especially, you know, you've been shit on, basically, even for making a choice that was, you know, sure, might have been, you know, a little marginal, but, you know, actually improving and showing the improvement of that, and, you know, improvement in yourself. You know, and that was, that's one thing we have lost in this community, and in the community and society as a whole. You know, we no longer actually try to lift each other up. We no longer try to help each other. We no longer, you know, try to, you know, make each other feel, you know, appreciated, so to speak, right. or like you're doing good or you're on the right path. You know, it was, it's been more or less of, oh, well, no, just, oh, well, you, no, you know. Yeah. You know, and... Society That's, has changed. Society has changed. And, you know, yeah. and nowadays, with the transition from the earlear, earlier years of, oh, that's so pleasant. That's so great. I, I'm glad to see you're, you know, you're actually doing something better. Yeah. You know, we still had those opponents like, you know, uh, I can't remember the name of the group right now. Um, they're, but they're like anti-smoking groups and all of those stuff. I'm like, look, we're not even smoking. It's vaping. There's yeah. a difference. Exactly. You know, but they are still hell-bent on saying that, oh, it's still the same thing as smoking. It ain't. Um, 
but still nonetheless of going from you know hearing you know all that to nowadays when they've got involved with all this shit now it's like oh <laughs> you want to douchebag vapors or you know you get criticized now for it and it's like oh don't play, <coughs> don't play that in my face I'm like you know I can hit a, I can hit a mod and they can be walking halfway across the other side of the parking lot Okay, a little cloud drifts away. It's not blood in my face. That's going to give me popcorn lung. That's going to give me this and that and their third and everything else. No, it hasn't. Hey, I've been vaping for, since 2013 now. I haven't had any kind of illnesses related to vaping. If anything, you know, I still have a post-nasal drip, you know. Well, know. that kind of leads me to the other question I was going to ask is because you said that you haven't had any negative, no popcorn lung or any of that, but... We're talking about the regulations being opposed. Are the regulations they're imposing now having any negative impact on the vapors themselves? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it okay. is. It's uh, driving a lot of vapors to go back to smoking. Um, you know, it's 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 causing. I mean, hell, even I'm a vapor myself. You know, I don't smoke and I will not go back to smoking. But you know, me as a vapor in an industry or in a business, right. it's also having an effect on us as well and on the businesses as well. Because people are not really coming in as often as they used to. Um, we also have some things to attribute to, you know, internet sales as well. And I have no problem with, you know, you know, being able to get some things off the internet. But I always say if you can, support your local shop first. Because we, right. we are actually the people here that are trying to, you know, help benefit the community. Not, you know, somebody on the internet who has, a, you know, just a website and then can sell things for, you know, 50% or 75% less than your local shop can. Okay, I don't have a problem with people saving money, but if you can get it from your local shop, support your local shop. Because when, you know, when it all comes down to it, when that mod you bought off the internet breaks, or you bought that bottle of liquid you didn't like, or, or it was something, or you had any kind of other problems or questions with it, good luck getting them on, get them to answer on the internet. Well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I can go to a lot of the gas stations and get something for a cold or something of that sort. But, you know, I'm actually willing as a consumer to go to CVS and pay a little bit higher sometimes just so that I can ask the opinion of the pharmacist. Exactly. There. It's like, hey, you know, which one would you recommend? So, you know, you're kind of similar to that is you're the expert somebody can go to and just question and talk to. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why we're here. Well, uh, you've talked about, uh, you said you've seen, well, I was going to ask you how the regulations affected your business. You said you've seen about 70% decrease in yeah. foot traffic. Uh, I mean, as far as as far as regulations go right now, there hasn't been any that are actually, as a hell, haven't been many that have gone into effect. However, come May of this year, which is right around the corner, um, these all these FDA regulations are supposed to go into effect. In other words, meaning that, you know, it's a, this device is very old. It's, it, and, and as far as the technology world, this is like ancient. The devices we had before this are what they're trying to push us back to. Um, they're basically saying that anything that wasn't on the market before 07 um, has to be removed from the market. Oh, man. And has to, be, has to submit a PMTA application. Now, what is that exactly? Pre-market tobacco application. Okay. Um, which is basically they're trying to put us through the same loop and treating us as the same, same and the same as they do Philip Morris. Um, mm. You know, and who has a lot of money? Who's got all the money? They can yeah. do whatever they want. Or the major buyer comes, big buyer comes, whatever. Um, you know, and we are just, uh, you know, we're, we're a bunch of. This is a consumer market. 
I really it is. It's this whole thing industry is a consumer industry. This was founded and made and installed it and continues to be run by consumers. Trying to escape tobacco. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, it's trying to escape tobacco, trying to actually provide a better life for themselves as well through, you know, a better, you know, better get better, better gains, you know, so to speak. You know, it's not only just, you know, financial, it's personal as far as, you know, the actual uplifting and the feeling of actually being able to help somebody and right. be, a, be a change in that person in the course of that person's life, you know, and, and give them and may possibly even give them, you know, a few more years onto their life. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had had they stayed right. smoking, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, it wasn't really many alternatives out there. No, no. But they're trying to push us back to that. And they're also, and then, then each... Like I was seeing uh, back at the meeting we, we were at. Yeah. Each thing has to have a PMTA. This tank, PMTA. This mod, PMTA. Make a different color this mod. Same mod, PMTA. Just to change the color. Mm -hmm. um, different wattage, different chip bolt in it. PMTA. And those, are, and those uh, applications are ranging Oh, that's even more ridiculous. Um, for those who weren't at the meeting with us, just like this 30 mil bottle of liquid, okay? This here is, you know, we'll say it's a strawberry flavor, all right? It's a 30 mil bottle, 6 milligram. That's one PMTA application. That's an average of between 150000 to about, can be up to, I think it was uh, half a million dollars. Just to follow up one of those. Okay. Now let's say I got a smaller bottle, same flavor, which is a strawberry flavor, um, same milligram strength. Well, guess what? That's another PMTA application. And who's imposing this? The FDA. FDA. This was all. This was brought into effect. They're using the Obama's uh, Family Prevention Smoking Act of 2007 to usher all this and take control of the vapor industry. Ironically, the vapor industry has nothing, and I repeat, nothing. Do with vodka. The only similarities we have are the actual use, the way it's used, and nicotine. And hell, even the nicotine itself is not completely derived from vodka itself. You can get nicotine from your everyday veggies, tomatoes, yep. potatoes, eggplants, all stuff. We all have natural nicotine receptors. I've heard that. You know, and there's also we're also uh, right now. Uh, I hear there's also. Um, companies right now who are actually synthesizing and making synthetic nicotine to even try to get away further away from the FDA regulations. Um, but they are trying, they're lumping this all in one sum and putting us into as if we were Philip Morris or R.J. Reynolds or Laurel or whoever. And all that does is it reduces the amount of products available to the consumers mm -hmm. and increases the cost of the consumer. Exactly. Like and on top of it, it also puts money back into it pushes it will push, you know, with that and then with that spike in costs, you know, the, one of the major benefits of vaping. And I'll be honest with you here. Yeah, I wanted to quit smoking, but I like to say I didn't like the money. I also like my money better than I did, you know, everything Same. else. So you know, when I switched to vaping, I realized how just how much money it was actually saving me. You know, I would blow shit. I was at two packs a day, which basically would be a little bit over a carton a week. And at the time, the carton was about 60, 70 bucks a week I'd go through. Wow. Okay, versus 
Which we're talking about three grand a year, right? Right. Yeah. Versus a thirty mil bottle at the time, but keep and keep in mind this was at that time. Yeah. Things were a little bit higher. Then, even then, as far as like the liquids and whatnot goes, thirty mil bottles like fifteen bucks. Now, granted, that uh, this you know using something like this was about a month supply. So I went from you know from that uh, uh, every you know what is it like seventy bucks a month. I mean, 70 bucks every week to 15 bucks, and I'm good for a, a month. That's incredible savings. Yes, exactly. And think about it. You know, if you're a parent, you know, you're sitting there smoking, you switch to vaping, you get the satisfaction from it, but now you have so much better uh, money, you know. Who right. knows? It could improve the child's education, your education, who knows what. Exactly. Which all it does is you as the entrepreneur are saving money, making it more affordable to consumers. Now they have extra money to put elsewhere in the economy. Right, exactly. And now the FDA is going to like, hey, let's take all that away right. from... Right, let's, let's jack that back up and cause and run them back to smoking. Because, you know, quite frankly, you know, there's no mystery here now that, you know, the it's not just the buyer companies that are losing money on this. On, on, the, on all vaping and, you know, being vaping being a thing. It's also, you when it comes down to it, you have uh, pharmaceutical industries losing as well. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they are losing money in their quit methods that we all, like I said earlier, we know don't work. Or it halfway works, yep. you mm -hmm. know, or causes, you know, some serious benefits like homicidal, suicidal thoughts. Um, honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, I had a, um, just recently, and a friend of mine that was actually take, taking Chantex. I tried to get him to, help, to quit smoking instead of vaping. He's got uh, stage four lung cancer, actually. Oh, jeez. Um, he only has, he's got half a lung here, and the other one is still, is going. Um, he uh, recently went through some pretty, pretty tough spot. He was taking a pill, taking Chantex. He snapped, and almost really hurt somebody. And it really wasn't his fault. It wasn't him. It's not, it was not his personality. That is not him. You know, and in the minute I found it, and it's not the first case. I, this is the first personal case I've known, I've seen about it. I've said, you can read, you look on the internet, you can find there's other, quite a few other people that have actually either tried to kill themselves or tried to kill somebody else. And they're out there driving. Yeah, because they are taking them out because of the Chantex. Because they still got to go to work. Yeah, they still got to go to work. I know my aunt took it, and she said it gave her horrible, so, uh, not, um, excuse me, nightmare so horrible. Mm-hmm. That she couldn't take it any longer. Mm -hmm. It just really right. bothers people. So yeah, you, you think so? You think something that it comes along that doesn't have any of those side effects and actually works? Do you think one of our biggest uh, you know, uh, competitors is going to let that happen? No, because they fight dirty. Exactly. They don't compete very well. They Guess who? Uh, who has special cuts for the FDA? Who's that? Pharmaceutical companies. Oh, I see. You see? They're all intertwined in the Oh, yeah. What they call the, uh, the uh, swinging doors or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. rotating doors. Yeah. yeah. They're all entwined each other. So if they're not making money off of their quick methods, you're not getting sick. You're not coming to them for the cancer. You know, cancer is like a multi-billion dollar industry a year. Oh, yeah. They're building more and more facilities mm -hmm. every year. Right. With less, well, with more healthy people comes less profits for pharmaceutical companies. My... Okay that will try to treat you. This is, here's the kicker. They don't try to cure. They treat. Right. Because, you know, a customer cured is a customer lost. 
at least in, at least in the eyes of the pharmaceutical companies. If you're cured, you ain't coming back for those treatments. So you're not getting also giving those money, giving them money, more money, more money, more money. It's a sad way. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's pretty sad that you that uh, somebody or a, or a company or whatever will sit and try to leech off of a dying person to make their ends. That, uh, that's complete bullshit. Well, it's kind of like you mentioned earlier that our society is changing where people are becoming hostile towards each other. Maybe that's just the fact that a lot of people are looking at each other less uh, with human respect and love, you know. Maybe that's the thing, too, is people are making a profit off of uh, unfair regulations. Mm -hmm. And that, that's uh, the way it is, too. But you know something, too, is, is you will also sell some products too that if somebody feels like they want to get off of nicotine and stuff you can sell them vaping products that has no yes. nicotine yes and but yet it's still satisfying that mental mm -hmm. and that's so yeah yeah if somebody yeah somebody needs it i actually have uh, i've had a few like people that work in like uh, hospitals nurses and whatnot like that who are actually tested for nicotine in their systems you can't have you can't have any nicotine in your system if you are you're fired but they do the vape yeah but I'm like, that's I mean, that in itself is is kind of really stupid, you know. Right. Because I, like I said, we are actually supposed to have nicotine in some form or another. We all consume it in one way or another, you know. Um, but yes, yeah, so they'll come in, they'll get a zero uh, with no nicotine in, and they'll vape and they'll just use that. Um, you know, some people it works, some people it don't. Because you know, the difference between having a uh, Having a vape with or without nicotine in it is the difference of actually having it will punch in the satisfaction versus just flavored air. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not just people that are trying to quit smoking that actually benefits off of this either. Believe it or not, I've had, um, correct me if I'm wrong in this term, um, but I've had people that are just trying to lose weight and they use it as a diuretic. Uh, yeah, because a, a lot of doctors in the what, 40s and 30s and stuff, didn't they actually kind of prescribe cigarettes for people? Yeah. My grandmother was one. She, uh, The doctor wanted her to lose weight, and he said, something you could do to reduce eating, start smoking. Mm -hmm. That's actually how my grandmother started smoking cigarettes. It was by the advice of the doctor. Yes. You know what? <laughs> you know something else is really screwed up? Uh, cancer sticks, FDA approved. Are you serious? I uh, shit you not. Um, <laughs> yeah. That goes to show me right there and then and there. I mean, you, you look at what is FDA approved and what ain't. You look back at the things that they have approved over the years versus what I have, what, you know, what I'm doing now as far as vaping goes. You know, they actually approved smoking or, or, or biker use or whatever. Um, they actually, you can look it up on the thing. But yet they're fighting Tooth and nail, even back then, when there were all kinds of physicians, they, you know, out of uh, out of I think it's England or Britain, one of the two, you know, over in Europe, um, stood up and it was a renowned institution. Stood up and told FDA, "Do not approve smoking. Do not approve tobacco. It has been linked to cause we we have links to it. We have it's been shown to be linked to causing lung cancer. They knew that. What did they do? Oh, shut up. We don't need you. You're still, you're still on your side of the pond. We're going to do this. They're messing with the bread and butter. Right. And so they approved it. Now you have the same people that told them over 60 years ago that, hey, you know, smoking is causing cancer. Vaping 
is at least 95% safer than smoking. The same institution. What does the FDA say? Fuck you, mind your business, stay else out of the park. My opinion with the FDA is is a violation of the Tenth Amendment in the United States Constitution. <laughs> I wouldn't be too uh, unhappy if it was completely abolished. In my opinion, no. I really don't know if it's uh, really necessary today. Yeah, I, I see. Whatever. I see the FDA is about as useful as an asshole with taste buds. That was good. The next question. Same goes uh, for the uh, Federal Reserve and the uh, IRS and all the rest of them, too. I agree 100%. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, are there any actions take, being taken to combat the regulations? And um, what can people who believe in the consumer's freedom of choice do to help? Well, I mean, right now, we've got groups. We have uh, Safada. We have the VTA. We have... A bunch of actually, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, I guess, the groups that actually handle politics and stuff like that. I can't think of the word right now. Uh, but uh, they handle them and they're dealing with them. However, you know, they're trying to fight for us. But, you know, they are only, you know, so big. You know, we are only so big. We cannot sit here and continually sustain this and, and expect to actually have any positive outcome with it. Right. Um, you know, um so, I mean, right now, the best thing I can say do would be, as far as consumers goes, is to, you know, either, you know, stand up and contact your representatives, although I don't hold much uh, hope in that either, because, I mean, look, you look, you know, look at what's going on currently. Right. You know, um, but, you know, try contacting your senators, you know, get them out, you know, just keep, keep raising hell. Don't, so don't back down. Because the minute you back down, you know, the minute you've been defeated. Um, you know, if you want this and you want to keep this, you know, this thing alive, or I mean, anything for that matter, is there any product or any kind of rights or anything you feel that you feel passionate about that you feel like is a necessity, you need to stand up and take and take control of it. Because if you don't, you're going to lose it. Yep. And once you lose it, you're not getting it back. I agree. Um, and as far as, you know, right now is what steps are being taken, that's that. I mean, Quite frankly, the way I see it is, um, you know, I think it was Thomas Jefferson that said, you know, um, it, when a, when a uh, law or a bill is unjust, it is not only your right to disobey, but your duty. Right. And I feel it is our duty. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, our right disobedience in itself is, is another way. I mean, because honestly, they can only control what you allow them to control. That's you know, right. you can only a person can only be controlled so much. And the more of us join together, right, the harder it's going to be to control. Us. Exactly. Yeah. And the more of us we, and the more of us stand up, the more of us get heard. The more of us actually just outright disobey it. There's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people they feel like it's it's the right thing to do to show respect to authorities, although those uh, people in government really do not have the authority to do what they are doing. No. But uh, it's going to be kind of tough changing people's attitude towards that and saying, you know, hey, if they're doing wrong, it's really your duty not to go along with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, stand up for your neighbor's right and your own. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's actually, you know, the people need to realize and, and come to the realization is that government... It's supposed to work for us, not the other way around. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems it's, well, it is the other way. Yeah, unfortunately. We have, we have set and been complacent. And, you know, and, I, and like I said, I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. Um, you know, we have set and we have been complacent. We have allowed this to happen. And we were so, we've been so comfortable in our armchairs and in front of our idiot box and eating our TV suppers and just leave me alone. I don't care, do what you want, but just leave me here with my TV supper and don't bother me you know, kind of mentality, you know, that it, that's, it's how it's become to, you know, become to us, uh, you know. And apathetic a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. you know, apathy, you know, is going to just, you know, or complacency is, you know, we've been allowed, allowed ourselves to become, become too complacent with things. Yes. You know, and when you allow complacency, then it's just, might as well say, here you go. Yep. What is it called? Uh, hedonism? Hedonism? They say, you know, basically a lot of people, they don't want any discomfort mm -hmm. and they'll avoid it at all costs. I guess maybe something similar to that. That's possibly. I mean, I understand. I understand it, but at the same time, I value my, you know, my rights and my freedoms more than I do my comforts. I, I agree with you on that. And it seems like, uh, you know, the more they uh, take away our rights, um, well, they don't take away your rights. They just violate your rights. Yeah. The more uh, uncomfortable I'm becoming. Exactly. All right. Well, let's go to the next question. So, obviously, there's a... Let's talk about something going on now. There's a virus going around that is affecting a lot of lives throughout Virginia in many ways. One of my biggest concerns is how this is affecting the economy. Now, you talked about you're already seeing a lot less traffic. Governor North, Ralph Northam has now imposed regulations on restaurants and bars, limiting the amount of customers they can serve at one time. Are you concerned that the governor may stop all non-essential business from operating like other states have done? Yeah, I'm actually concerned about it. But at the same damn time, it's like I said, I will not comply. Right. Um, you know, and I feel this, this business here and mine, you know, along with it, just like you said, everything else. Non-essential businesses, you know, also affect essential businesses. Exactly. You know, it's just, it's a, you know, it's a trickle, we'll call it, we'll borrow something from the Republican Party. It's a trickle down, you know, <laughs> kind of thing, kind of thing. You know, you shut down the non-essential businesses that make these products for the essential businesses, well, then what do you do when you want that? You can't get them. Yep. So guess what? Now your essential business will shut down. And I think um, F.A. Hayek, he, he talked about, I can't remember exactly the term, but he said, you know, basically a lot of politicians might try to impose regulations, but they're way too ignorant to even know how that will affect the economy yes. in a certain way. So, You know, and I have, as far as we go on politicians go, I'm going to go and put this out there right now. We have been electing people that are so damn far disconnected with society and today that, you know, we'll never get anything straight. Just like now. I mean, you know, we see, you see these people that are shutting, you know, these politicians and now they're demanding these businesses and, and, and counties and also be shut down. Okay. Well, how is that going to affect, you know, how is it affecting the little man, the bottom, man on the bottom totem pole? Exactly. That, that's what I was going to ask you is, is um, if, you know, if they shut down non-essential businesses, if that occurs... Do you believe small businesses like yours may never open their doors again? It's a damn good possibility. And honestly, you know, in, uh, in reality, I don't think they care. Because, you know, in reality, you know, small businesses don't generate a lot of money. 
at least not don't generate a lot of tax dollars. You know, like Philip Morris might exactly. At least so, yeah. yeah. You know, you know, we all know a lot of these politicians don't give a damn thing but one thing when it comes down to it, and that's what they can line their pockets with, yep. and they can spend. Yep, they're no longer servants if they ever really have been. No, they're well, at least they're servants to themselves. Yeah, the only yeah. servant they service is self-service, and that's it. Well, they say he who pays the piper picks the tune. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly similar to that with the politicians. All right. Oh, well, uh, here's another question. Is vaping related to why you are a libertarian today? Actually, no. No? Okay. Um, actually, I've become, as I've said it previous before, you know, I'd become more interested in the libertarian aspect of things when I was introduced to Ron Paul, and I started digging into some other alternative, you know, views on things. You know, I, had, I was following this one guy on YouTube, it was Mark Dice, and Mark Dice kept going on about Ron Paul, you need to go Ron Paul, check out Ron Paul, Ron Paul. I'm like, oh, who the hell is Ron Paul? <laughs> you know? yeah, the same way back in 08. And um, so I was like, okay, I was like, well, all the things, a lot of things that he was saying that, you know, Ron Paul was going on about really resonated with me a lot, because I'm like, you know, most of prior to that, I'd been, you know, straight hardcore, you know, Republican or, or conservative, so to speak. Um, this is how I was raised up and that's how I was brought up, you know, and that was, I didn't really question my old man, you know, and he was just like, well, this is what you need to do. This is, you want to keep your gun rights, you want to keep your freedoms, you need to follow this. Okay, well, then I guess I'll do that. Yeah. And then until later on, I found out about Ron Paul. Then I got to reading upon some of the stuff he was saying, I'm like, okay, well, you know, conservatism, Republican Party, it never really set well fully with me, so to speak. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I like things that, you know, oh, okay, well, we're going to be small businesses or small, you know, community, whatever, but the, the person or the, uh, you know, as far as the, uh, um, you know, keeping your rights, your Second Amendment rights and, and things of that nature. But um, it, as far as some other things, I really didn't, you know, I didn't really resonate well with me because it's like, well, you say all this, but yet you're saying, you're saying for small government, but yet you turn around and do the exact opposite of what you're right. saying. Um, I mean, hell, let's 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 just go and throw it into the Patriot Act. Yeah, yeah, well, that was that was really small government one. Yeah, very small. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, as far as I go, so I got checking out Ron Paul, and I get seeing things about him on in the Federal Reserve, you know, in the IRS, all this. I'm like, this is perfect. Okay, this is it. I was like, you know, he was he's been a libertarian running as a Republican. So I was like rooting for him. I was like, man, let's get Ron Paul. I was like, you need to get Ron Paul. Then, of course, you know, their golden boy they had chosen was Willard Romney. <laughs> um, you know, great thing, great thing he's done for the vaping industry today. I don't know if you've kept up on that one or not. I haven't, no. Um, yeah, he's one of the ones also pushing for flavor bands. I think he's already oh. done that in uh, was it, uh, Utah. Utah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know, and he's uh, doing all kinds of anti-vaping shit as well. Yeah, he's real small government, all right? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, Ron Paul didn't get didn't win the election, as we always know. Things would have been a lot better if it had of. I'd agree. Um, so, uh, later on, and I met up with some friends, uh, some new friends, you know, and um, it was, you know, it was Jackie from, you know, Jackie Mason and Neil and everything Jackie else. Jackie Perry today? Jackie Perry today, right. yes. Um you know, and she's uh, started discussing things with me about it as well, about the Libertarian Party and everything else. And I was chatting with our, uh, her husband at the time, you know, and we became good friends as well. 
Um, and uh, when he kind of pointed me in some things, he's like, yeah, Ron Paul's a good guy, but he's not really, you know, par se libertarian all the way, so to speak. You know, he's more like he is a good guy, and if given a choice, if I had to, you know, or didn't have a libertarian ticket or, you know, something like that, I would have, you know, voted for Ron Paul. Right. Um, but he said Gary Johnson was actually, you know, the actual one that's running for the Libertarian Party. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I said, well, I'll go check him out. And then I started delving more into it and more into it. And the more I read about it, the more I liked about it. Yeah. So I'm uh, like, you know, from that point on, I've just been just identifying myself as Libertarian, free thinker, independent, whatever the hell you want to call me, you know. And I support the Libertarian Party. And I think, you know, I, honestly, I think Constitution and... And, you know, all this stuff comes prior to anything anything else as far as, you know, laws, these new laws they're trying to pass or yeah. put through or anything else. If it's not constitutional, then it shouldn't, then it's supposed to be null and void. That's right. You know, but yet we sit and accept it as law. Yeah, it's, well, it goes back to false authority, but people exactly. think it's legitimate. Yeah. Exactly. And only a, law is only, a law is only a law if it's accepted as a law. In the minds of the people... If the people accept it as a law, then by, by for it, then therefore it is law. I think a uh, law uh, uh, was a Frederick Baziet. He, uh, if I'm pronouncing his name properly, I think he said that uh, law is supposed to be organized justice. Mm -hmm. And if it's not that, yeah. is it really law? No. Well, I'm gonna go to uh, one of my last questions. I'm gonna change it up a little bit. It was originally. I'm gonna add to it. If asked why fellow vapors should vote libertarian, what would be your response? But I also want to add to that, what would you also say to small business owners in Virginia why they should vote libertarian? You want to keep your businesses? You want to keep your rights? Vote libertarian. Simple as that. Good answer. All right. Well, I want to ask you a personal question. I've been hearing rumors that you might be running for Congress uh, for representative of the 5th Congressional District of Virginia. I would definitely accept it if, uh, you know, if the, uh, the Libertarian Party had me and helped me along. You know, yeah. show me what I need to do. Um, I'm, you know, I, I want to do something. I, I'm sick of sitting around here and having, basically, feeling powerless. You know, or, you know, I, you know, or we have no say-so and anything that goes on into in far as Congress or, or or Senate or any of their representatives, they have no say so. You know, and it's like it honestly pisses me off. And that's a lot of people's reaction. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I've been I've been wanting to actually stand up and do something and wanting to actually you know, ironically it's awful funny you asked me that question because Back when I was in, I don't know, maybe ninth or tenth grade, I actually thought about. It. I was like, you know what? I like to be a senator. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Showtime. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so because, uh, like I said, I've always felt that I was like, you know, I felt that our government has not represented its people. You know, its representatives are not representing. they representing the people it should. You know, the way it should be done. You know, uh, you know, it's not do as I say. It's like, you know. I have to do as y'all say. Exactly. You know, it's not... should be. And it's the way it should be, you know. And inevitably, you know, they are public servants, and they're supposed to be working for us. That's good. Well, I hope you accept my endorsement. Of course, with current events surrounding the virus, uh, Virginia law requires that we gather 1,000 certified signatures. That's going to be a little bit challenging at the time. But uh, if that doesn't... Uh, 
if we're not able to obtain the signatures, uh, we'll definitely be doing you as a write-in candidate. I appreciate that. It was always a nice time as well. We can always try again. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. and It was a really great uh, conversation. Thank you. And, thank uh, you for having me. Absolutely. We have to do it again. And uh, thank you for joining us as well. And we'll be having another episode for you soon. Thank you. Thanks again to Derek Maddox for allowing us to use the audio from his interview with Kevin Lloyd. Um, if you're on Facebook, please go to Lynchburg Libertarians Facebook page and give them a like. They're Lynchburg LP. You can go to their YouTube channel, which is Seven Hills Libertarians. And please subscribe. Hit the notification bell because the more subscribers they get, you know, then it helps them out. Um, they can post longer videos. They can monetize. They can do all that cool hip stuff. You know what I'm saying? And if you are a vapor, please support your local vape shops. And if you're in the Rustburg, Virginia area, I ask you to please give Kevin Lloyd and Five Star Vape Supply your business. They're at 556 Village Highway, Rustburg, Virginia. And if you want to go to their website, it is the number five star vapesupplyva.com they're also on facebook at five star vape supply so please give them a like there and kevin can answer any questions that you may have about the vaping industry oh once again my friends the time has come for us to end this podcast and i want to say thank you very much for coming this far with me So, uh, just remember, you can listen to this podcast on Podbean, SoundCloud, and all the other cool, hip places that you uh, listen to your podcast. And if you're on Twitter, please follow us at WeAreMaxLib. And until next time, my friends, goodbye.